taste of dragon's gaming podcast. We eat sandwiches and play games. Taste of dragon's gaming podcast. A podcast for everyone's day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Taste of Dragons, the Toddcast. The video game podcast that all you Jedi Council members who have not been granted the rank of Master listen to. And this week, it takes two monsters to get into the Sky Order. The news is going digital. Our topic takes six. And our dragon this week never gets phased. Streamer, phase Ewok. And as always, I'm Brian. I'm Troy. I'm Amanda. I'm Hassel. And I'm Joe. Hey guys, welcome. Welcome this week. Welcome, Jedi Master. A quick question. Do you guys think Anakin was done dirty by not being granted the rank of Master? No. Because I do. No? No. no. <laughs> okay, hang on a second. Let's talk about this for a second, because if I'm not mistaken, he also committed, like, genocide. This is before Because that. somebody Eventually. murdered his mother. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's true. Oh, that was like, beforehand. That was it's after. not eventual. It was like it almost. Yeah, every that was beforehand. You're right. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Listen, listen, but but he did a lot in the Clone Wars. Like he like and, almost single handedly won that war. More reason. And, and the council members didn't know. We had one hand. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> the hubris that is him did not grant him the title of Jedi Master. Right. Right. I mean. <laughs> He did go through the uh, process, according to the last Clone Wars episodes, to become a master. Like, he went through right. the actual trials to, like, earn it. But it, it, it does take more than that. I, I, I agree. I think he, he could have if it wasn't for his damn hubris. I, I, I have to say that if you're going to be a Jedi master, you have to be partial to sand. And he's not. Oh. He doesn't so, like it. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. You're not allowed yeah. to not like things. Yeah. It gets in his hair, and he's got a really good quaff going these days. <laughs> it's hard to get out. It takes a while. I, th- I think he was just done dirty by that entire prequel series, but I think that's just me. <laughs> well, you're going to get a chance to to see him oh, yeah. uh, make up for it in the new Obi-Wan series. I'm so excited to see them acting together again. I'm ready yes. to give Hayden Christensen another shot. I'm, I agree. I'm more excited about the potential of us getting another... Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> One of the best best phrases in cinema history. Oh God! He's Absolutely. Do it. Well, welcome I want back Jar Jar to the Binks Star Wars to be podcast. in this. That's what I do. You want who? Do, <laughs> yeah. You want what? I want Jar Jar Binks to be in this. I do. I do. I, I, I don't know you anymore. I, give I Jar Jar another chance. Or go back and Gives watch you, hey. Jar Jar because I don't know if he's as um, acceptable. Oh. In modern cinema, oh, as he was fair at enough. the time. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. That is true. <laughs> That's very that is very true. true. You know. You know. Let me back off this topic and let us get into the games this week. What are you playing? <laughs> Got just jumped right off that topic. Gosh, it's so good to have a it's segment. Like jumping to just... off a shark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right back on it because this week I played uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, which actually came out in 2019, uh, November 14th, I believe it was the day. And uh, basically, this is a Star Wars take on the Dark Souls type gameplay. So you had like regenerating enemies, you got to level up, um, you had to go through and unlock shortcuts, that type of stuff. It's the newest Star Wars game? The newest RPG Star Wars game? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, besides uh, Squadron, which was the, the pilot one that came out last year. And so it came out a year and a half ago. Uh, it just came out on PC Game Pass because uh, they, they combined with EA Game Pass. So I was able to play it that way. Uh, so I, I love this game. This game, I think, took me about 20 or 30 hours to beat. I don't remember how long it was. Um, the story is amazing. 
the way that you that you take this 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 guy who kind of forgets about his past or forgets about his training i should say and and taking him through and dealing with his trauma of seeing his master die during order 66 yeah and and seeing all these other jedi's takes on what happened when it happened to them uh was was heartbreaking i mean not only that but you get to play through order 66 yeah like, yeah it's so it's heartbreaking like i love the story of jedi fallen order like that was a game that got me back into gaming for uh, the oh, yeah. our listeners who may not know what Order sixty six is, that is the moment in Star Wars when they flipped the switch and all the stormtroopers went bad. They were allies previously, but because of their um, training, they were brainwashed to, to to switch sides. So a lot of friends exactly. turned on friends, brother against brother. Uh, heartbreaking kind of chain of events. Oh, it absolutely was. And and when you start the game, it's five years after Order sixty six happens. Right. And so you pick up. You're and one of the surviving you know, kids. You are. There and weren't I many. I, like I realized, yeah, and I realized I was like five years, but I didn't realize how young he would be five years in the past. So you actually do play through it with him as a child. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. oh my God, that's right. He was a child five years ago. Jeez. And so like, and, and it's great seeing like him walking up and actually interacting with all the clone troopers. They're all his best friend. They're all talking about playing, uh, you know, doing random things. They're all having inside jokes. Uh, one of them high fives him. And then you walk <laughs> through and literally five minutes later is when order 66 happens and all of his friends have turned on him and his yeah. master. And yeah, it's heartbreaking. That would be impossible to handle as an adult, but as a child, it was just soul wrenching to watch. Oh God. Game out yeah. Of it. yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. And they um, did, and it, they did that scene so well. And that scene alone is worth playing through. But the rest of the story is phenomenal. That game's like Skybox. The world that it builds on the levels is so detailed and beautiful. I remember just oh, yeah. getting into one of those planets and not even playing the game. Just like sitting on a on a, on a mountain, just looking at whatever bird aliens are flying in the sky and <laughs> yeah. the, the triple moons that are setting or whatever. Like it, it's it was. I loved just all the little contextual details in that game it was really special it was it the was lightsabers so, yeah that, you got all get all of them all the colors it was it was so good i, I love that game I'm, I'm sad it took me this long to play but i'm glad i was actually able to play it and actually finish it and it seems uh, like it's set up for a sequel story-wise yeah yes i, oh, I yeah. do i do believe they are working on a sequel which is why uh the actor who actually plays cal kestis in the motion capture wasn't available for any of the live action star wars stuff Ooh. It's because ah. his story is continuing in the video games. Um, but awesome. yeah, about Fallen Order, like the lightsaber manipulation and like the way that you get to build your own and like change different parts of like the lightsaber, that alone made me like so happy. Yeah. Like it's such a detailed oriented game. It really is. It really is. Uh, so yeah, that was my game, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, on the sandwich meter, I would give it a solid 4.5. And this is a good Ooh. sandwich too. What's a good sandwich for you? It's just a nice for me, like uh, like ham and cheese, like the best quality ham and cheese that you Classic. can get. Classic, I love it. Classic. Uh, and then what about you, Joe? What did you play this week? I played Monster Hunter Rise. Ooh, yeah. Is that a new, new release? Yes, uh, I'm going to take you guys on a journey. For those of you who don't know what Monster Hunter is, I believe it's considered an open world RPG for your weapons and your person kind of hunting game. With lots of different weapons? Does that sound right? It's a giant monster hunting game. Yeah. It's basically a boss battle the game. 
Yeah, okay, there, there we go, there we go. I'm going to take you guys on a journey. Uh, so I, I, I was very excited when the demo came out, and I started to play the demo, but I never actually went on even one mission because I was so excited about just the beginning of the world and walking around with the, with the Palamut. So in this game, they give you not just a Palico, which is an awesome kitty friend, a companion, a person who brings you awesome things that you need when you're dying and, and also helps you collect stuff. They gave you an adorable dog called a Palamut. And it, you can ride it, and it's your friend, and it hangs out. And if you're standing there for too long, it lays down at your feet, and it just kind of like falls asleep near you. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so like, so the opening of the game, they show you these couple of things, and I was just so excited about running around in that little area that they gave you to run around, and that I was like, I don't need to do a mission. I'm buying this game. They got me. They added cute dog. I'm in. So I get the game. I literally spent like two hours making my person. And then I spent another two hours making my dog yes. so that all of the light, yes. like the, the, oh, the character selection and how to, they gave me like literally the color spectrum to work with. So like, <laughs> and then they gave me light and shadows. So I had to see what it looked like when the, when your Palomut was like in the nighttime or if the moon was hitting it from the left, maybe it was in the water <laughs> on the right. So like I had to make sure all of the light was hitting its fur just the right way to, to match my, my hair. Because, you know, like, we're, oh, yeah. we're buddies. Yeah, you're like soulmates. Right? <laughs> so, like, I spent two hours doing that. And, th- and this is all the first night of playing. I've now spent four hours just making a character and just doing this. And then I got to the uh, Palico, the little kitty. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to. I literally didn't want to change anything. My <laughs> eyes were tired. Everything was. I was like, no, I, I actually really just kind of like the base version of you. Let me see what your hair looks like in the sun. Like, I don't care. What is it in the moonlight? I don't care. It, no version of what I was creating was making it any cuter or better than it already looked. I'm using the stock palico. That's the, the I don't know why. But my palomut and my person are like tricked out, you. Maybe the game just knew exactly what you needed. Right? They, that's 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 what I got. So I, I spent like five hours just making characters the first night it was out. And then I had a ton of editing to do. So I couldn't play it the next day until I was done with all my editing. And then I was able to play again, and then I started playing, and I was like, oh my god, this little town's so cute. You got, like, little cherry blossoms in one area, you got these cats making mochi in another area, and you got all these people to say hi to, and there's, like, sleeping dogs, little sleeping doges everywhere. And I I spent, like, two hours just talking to people, and then... And then I didn't know how to play. And they were like, go talk to this dude. He's going to tell you how to play. And I was like, this is great. And then they just threw me in the world and monsters walloped me. They walloped me hard, guys. Like, I'm not good at they. this. I'm I, sold on like, this press game. this button. I was like, press what button? They're like, press this button to do this. I don't even know. What are you talking about? Did you, did you see that thing? It's coming after me. Run, run, Doge, run. Run, my babies. Get away from it. I, I spent a lot of time running away from things that looked like they wanted to kill me. And this was in basic training. I don't. <laughs> I feel like you were playing Animal Crossing, and then suddenly it became Dark Souls, and you were unprepared. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was not prepared, yo. There was so I, I could finally figured out how to take out my weapon. I chose a really dumb weapon because it looked goofy, and I'm sticking with it now. Because I, I mean, I, a battle horn. I don't even know. What the hunting horn. Hunting horn. Oh no. Yeah, it it plays music, that's and I was like, yeah, I'm down. I'm about t- that life. That's a tough one to it's learn. A really tough but it's a good one. It is. Yeah, it said <laughs> don't it's, use it's this good. unless you're a veteran. And I didn't right. read that part until afterwards. Oh, no. So like, whatever. Oh no, it's fine. But, but Joe, you're not I'm, the person got... that's gonna just give up and not use it. You're gonna no, use it anyway, not. aren't you? Never, exactly. And and you know what? I learned how to swing it. I learned how to hit things with it. And then I learned I don't like doing those things. So when it was telling me like, go get the slay this monster, the monster came out and it had like a family. <sighs> I. That's the hardest part about like Monster that? Hunter when yeah. you start empathizing with the oh, monsters no. that you're hunting. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> bothering me. They've got their cute little baby with them. And I'm like, Joe. the game's like, okay, you've got 10 minutes left. I'm like, Joe, okay, then I'm going to sit Joe, here for 10 minutes I, and watch these monsters live. I, I don't know if Monster Hunter is... Uh... No, 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 no. She's she's at the herbivore phase of Monster Hunter, uh-huh. which is very easy to empathize with. It's yeah. when you get to the Beetlejuice version you know, of the Monster Beetle Hunter. Oh, yeah. The Beetle Beetle Geist, yeah. When that guy kills you over and over and over again. Real. And then when you finally Ooh. kill it, you're like, yeah, in your face. I'm going to wear your toy. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to wear your abdomen. I'm going to wear your skin so every other Beetle Geist knows not to do this. <laughs> I'm hoping that that part happens at some point. It will. Joe, this is where you have to pick between being an Obi-Wan or being an Anakin. It's true. <laughs> right Guys, now you're at Obi-Wan. We all know that yeah. I'm, I'm never going to be an Anakin. I, I will forever be the person who is dead in this situation where you have the choice to be the <laughs> killer or the non-killer. I, I will never be. As much as I ran myself into that blade saw, how many times did it take to? Uh, right. I'm right. always going to be the guy that dies. I it's love just my that, lot in life. You're okay ne- that. Like, you're never going to leave camp as Monster Hunter. <laughs> it's just going to be like yeah. monster <laughs> chiller, monster a, friend. Monster hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Monster like, hanging well, out. The, it's beautiful. I mean, like, I could hang out in the cherry blossom area that, like, literally all day, because I did that one of the days. I just left it on in the background, and I was like, this is dope. So, Monster Hunter Rise, guys. Uh, if you want to really enjoy building a character and not killing monsters, it was still totally worth 60 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> sandwiches? Uh, right now, it is sitting at a very lofty three sandwiches, and that's just because my Palomut is really cute. <laughs> Beautiful. It's a good reason. It's a good reason. Darn good reason. <laughs> and like it's like Doji. a puppy treat sandwich. Right. Oh, yes. Yes. This is a Scooby Snack sandwich. A Scooby nice. Snack. Beautiful. <laughs> and then what about you, Troy? What did you play this week? So I'm still really deep in Skyrim, y'all. Like I said, this is a game that I haven't played for 10 years that I'm playing really for the first time ever. I'm in a place right now where there's so much going on in my like shorthand memory that if I don't play this game for like three days, I'm going to forget how to play this game. I know what every <laughs> chest, what every item I have in every chest, and it's all just in my head. You're not labeling anything. So keeping that in mind, I've been trying to, even on my off days from playing Skyrim, still keep Skyrim kind of in the jargon, in in my noggin. So I went on a deep dive, y'all. I went on that YouTube. I went on that Google. And I looked up the entire history of the Elder Scrolls universe. All the way back to Elder Scrolls 1 Arena. They didn't even have a like a proper name for it. It was just called <laughs> Arena. Um, and I just watched video after video and just read wiki after wiki, just trying to download every single part of that universe into my head that I could. To the point now that I think I may actually be an adjunct professor at any <laughs> Skyrim University League or, or, or curriculum that comes up. Like, to be give fair, me a call. To be fair, the bar's pretty low. They Great. don't really like s- scholars in Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm in good company then. I should be able to get it. But it's been really rewarding taking all that knowledge and going back into the game. Remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, Manny was talking about how she talks at me. Um, it was always Elder Scroll. <laughs> she would come at me with the Elder Scroll stuff. And I was like, I'm trying, but I'm not keeping up, babe. But you know what? After this week, yo, girl, hit me up. You want to talk about some Tamriel? You want to go down to Valenwood? Check out Morrowind? I'm here for you. You're still going to be about 100 <laughs> years behind because I am playing ESO. But I oh, would join. You know, you're more than welcome at any time to, to, to come play Elder Scrolls Online with me. Man is like, you know what? You could at any time try to get on my level. But, this is not the time. But, <laughs> yeah, she's so 2008. You're so 2000 and late. That's what it is. Sweet <laughs> Black IP reference. 
It's it's great. The more you research, yeah. the better the game is. The game is just dripping with all that knowledge. It rewards. It, it has rewarded me for doing all that back history stuff because every little inch of Skyrim is just dripping with a little bit of history. And the more they understand, the richer and fuller the world is. Incredible. I'll still be playing this game. I think I'm more than halfway through, though, to be honest. You never, as you never be. beat Skyrim. Oh, I'm gonna no beat one it. has yeah, ever never, beat You're never Skyrim. halfway through. Yeah, I'm going to beat it. I'm going to beat it, y'all. No one, no one has ever. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the first. I'm a I'm, I'm pioneer out here. I want everyone to bookmark ha- this podcast for two podcasts <laughs> from now when uh, Troy realizes that we're right. <laughs> yeah. Now you have to try extra hard. <laughs> you're, you're halfway through putting down the controller forever. That's what you yeah, do. Yeah, that's, that's where you're at. Right. Oh, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to do everything. <laughs> Troy, I believe in you. I believe in you, Troy. There you're we gonna go, be, Hassel. You're going to be the Skyrim. I am. <laughs> call me call me Mr. Skyrim. That's who I am. Call me Mr. Skyrim. <laughs> call me Mr. Rain. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I want, and I want it now. All right. That's all I got for Skyrim. Thanks for checking it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, so that will do it for our games. Now that brings us to our news segment. News. Hell yeah. So this week, we're actually going to start with an oldie, but an unfortunately still relevant segment, which is Stop It, COVID. Stop It, COVID. I'm so happy we haven't had to do one of these segments in a while, but I'm still sad that we have to go back to it. Yeah, I'm kind of booing Um, this at the same time. Yeah, same here, same here. Uh, So this week, a bunch of conventions have been moved to online only, unfortunately, including Summer Games Done Quick, Tokyo Game Show, and PAX East have all made announcements for the move. I mean, it has to be done. They're they're all pretty much being done, I think, in August or before. Um, I know PAX has a, two more conventions later on in the year. I think it's September and November, and they're holding off on announcements for those. Conventions have always been notoriously known and lovingly known to spread some type of con funk <laughs> disease, whatever. You know, you just accept it. Yeah, when you yeah. go to one for more than a day, you're like, I'm going to catch something. Um, so knowing that, I think just pushing it back another year is is a, a, a very smart choice. I think that this is just a really great venue for people to create virtual conventions. You put on your VR goggles, you oh, go sit in the yes. virtual convention room, you know, you sit, you watch your panel, people are on the panel screen, but the audience is empty. It was like, I, I, it's the future, guys. I'm just saying. I, I want VR to be here so bad. I agree. Put me in. Jack me in. Don't let me out. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I do believe the Tokyo Game Show, they're still going to have a on-site thing for journalists. So the journalists can still go there and, and sample games and test them out. Uh, but as far as open to the public, it's, it's all online. And also, with all these uh, events being online, more people can experience them as well. Because everything's being done online. Whereas right. before, really it was like one or two things being done online. And then everything else is you had to be there. So it's, it's, it is much more open to the masses now. Which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then in a surprising move, Sony announced that a movie for Ghost of Tsushima is in the works with John Wick's director, well, <laughs> directing. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, that action's going to be good. It's going to be so good. The story is fairly simple, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's like really deep, yeah. but I can see it fitting into two hours. What's boggling me about this is Ghost of Tsushima is a video game made entirely inspired by samurai movies. 
and to have it now come full circle that it's inspiring a movie itself, I I I gotta I gotta believe that the makers are just like we did it. Do you we think they're it. gonna do the black and white thing that they had? You know, they the oh, man, I hope they do. the Kurosawa. Oh. Ooh, yeah. I bet they will be a version. I think it'll be optional. Yeah, I, I think there might be a version, or maybe the very first opening scene might be in black uh, and yeah. white, and then the rest of it is yeah. is in color. I, or I maybe, imagine the beach starting in black and white, and then yeah. slowly the waves coming up in color. That's great. Oh, that's cool. Because oh. think oh, of John Wick so cool. movies like like while it is a lot of dark tones like there's very vibrant colors in a lot of the different areas john wick goes to and and, and visits mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i yeah i think what you're saying is, is right Brian. i can't wait until four years later we get the Zack snyder's ghost of tsushima uh, <laughs> four hour cut i would love four it if Zack snyder just started making cuts of other people's movies that would be really funny this is like two hours too short hold on and every why is nobody crying and he still gets Henry Cavill back, uh, even though he's not in the movie. Yeah. He gets, <laughs> he gets Jason Just Momoa. Henry Cavill all plays. Of them in it. Henry, yeah. Henry Cavill plays the sword. <laughs> goes to Tsushima. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know where, but he just pulls out the sword and Henry Cavill's there. Because who's going to mess yep. with you? Yeah. Slice ya. And also, there's another parallel. Uh, John Wick uh, movies has the dog. Uh, this <gasps> one's going to have the horse. Oh, oh no. Oh. Damn yeah. it! Oh, damn it! That's how it starts. The movie. The movie starts That's, halfway the through. It's gonna the game. start with that. <laughs> what if the horse is the uh, main it, character? I'm down. No, the horse is played by Keanu Reeves. It's from the perspective yeah. of the horse. Yeah, it's a martial. Gotcha. It's a martial yeah. arts course. It's gonna fight like Keanu Reeves does, like John Wick. It'll be great. <laughs> and then also, Joe's got some more PlayStation news for us. That is right. There was a rumor going around for the last two weeks that PlayStation or Sony was planning on actually closing their PlayStation 3, their PSP, and their PlayStation Vita digital stores. And the topic that has come up a whole lot is about game preservation and how mm. if these stores close for real, how does anyone continue downloading them? If you have DLC for those things, like what if something happens to your system? And if you need to have a hard copy of things, will you be able to get the updated versions of them? Because there are updates to things constantly. And unfortunately, Sony said they are closing them. Each one of those uh, systems has a different date for when they're closing. I think July is the, the closest one. I believe that's the PlayStation 3 store is going to be closing in July at some point. And they did say, however, at this moment in time, they do expect for people who have digital versions of the games to be able to continue downloading them in the future. There just won't be any technicians to help if there's anything wrong or if something happens to your system. It's just going to be kind of like a, unfortunately, kind of a crapshoot, it sounds like, though. So we'll keep you posted on when the other ones are going to, you know, be closing up too. But it's kind of sad. Yeah, I, it, you're, you're just, you're just kind of SOL. I, I, I like, I, I feel like when I got my digital games, I very much understood that, like, I don't own this. This is not mine. I'm going to borrow this for as long as they let me. I'll be interested <laughs> to see how this affects video games from, like, an archival perspective. There have been a lot of video games historians on the internet talking about how, like, this is both good and bad. Um, so I'll be interested to see, like, if I wanted to play this game 50 years from now like will i still be able to have an experience or will this game just over time eventually disappear into nothing because that would be sad yeah yeah and especially with some games are just digital only as well so there's not even a physical release of them maybe that would spawn a physical release though just just for the preservation aspect from the developers or publishers i know Mm -hmm. in in for previous consoles, I know that there were more physical, but there have been like illegal copies of games that now become the only version of that game because mm, it's like someone ripped yeah. it, but like none of the physical things work anymore. Ooh. They're they're not 
prevalent. That, so that's, that's like the only version. That's interesting enough for its own deep dive, finding those illegal copy only copies. Ooh, Ooh spicy. Yeah. I mean, I'm Very not going to do that research, but one of us should. I don't know who. <laughs> I got a lot of Skyrim to get into. I'm sorry, guys. I got a lot. I got a lot to study already. <laughs> and then also one company is excited for the future, and that company is Nexon. They announced this week that last year they invested over $800 million into Hasbro, Bandai Namco, Sega Sammy, and Konami. Uh, which is interesting because lots of other companies are also getting into either the acquisitions game or the investment game. And they're not really trying to start their own studio. Before they used to be like, ah, we'll just do it ourselves. It's fine. You know, we'll, we'll, how hard can it be to make games? Let's just start our own studio. And then they lose all the money. So, so now it seems like people are just investing either in other studios or they're just acquiring them like Microsoft does. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting to see where all of this is going. Yep. And then Activision Blizzard made a mountain out of a molehill this week and in turn made a small rumor into a giant scoop. A couple of news sites reported that a Call of Duty Warzone map was getting redesigned to be 1980s themed. Uh, well, those sites got DMCA'd by lawyers, and the lawyers even got Twitter to remove tweets by people about the, the leak, if Ooh, you will. lawyers got involved. It was really weird. It was like pretty much all confirmed that this is actually happening. And, mm. you know, whereas before it was just could have just been a rumor from a bunch of smaller sites, and now everybody knows about it. If they had left it alone, no one would have noticed. But because they made such a big deal out of it, it kind of blew out of proportion. Yes. Is that what all of those emails from that law group were for? <laughs> I just kept on deleting those. <laughs> They're not, they probably don't. It's fine. It's fine, I'm sure. <laughs> you just put them in your folder with your other legal emails that you don't read? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's called the spam folder. Listen, ignorance, what could go wrong, right? What could go wrong? <laughs> if I don't know, it can't hurt me. I don't do math. Uh, Hassel doesn't read legal emails. We're great. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> All right. This brings us to my favorite segment, which is turn up for what? Turn up for what? And this week it's with Joe from Katsusando. Welcome to Animal Crossing's yearly visit from the master of true horror itself, Zipper. It's that time of year where the joy of digging fossils is destroyed, the search for that tiny golden nugget is nearly impossible, and the relaxation of fishing is ruined by not the perfectly timed bass pun, but by the rotten eggs that have littered our waterways. Zipper T-Bunny is back to bring everyone his pastel egg-covered nightmare. Eggs have begun spawning on trees and balloons as well, so be on the lookout for the yellow menace bringing this despair to your town. The island of Katsusando isn't enthused this year with the reappearance of this egg-slinging maniac, and many have begun barricading their homes to keep the torment of Zipper to a minimum. Nook's Cranny has brought in new seasonal special items to help celebrate the Bunny Day in spring, so check back daily to see their new offerings. But be careful, Zipper's normal hunting grounds is just in front of Town Hall, and he can sense your glee. <laughs> Zipper seeks to destroy all seasonal happiness, so avoid his crazed gaze, and don't even try to talk to him about the large zipper on his back. And that's your slice of Animal Crossing pie. This is Joe from Katsusanda reminding you to look up for the shooting stars, watch your step to avoid pitfalls, and always, always save your rusted parts. Back to you, dragons. Turn up for what? All right. Slowly walk thank, out of thank the room. You, Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch out. Zipper's there waiting for you. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the worst time for Animal Crossing. I'm sorry, really guys. This is. is the really worst time. I don't know what it is. He just sets me off, guys. He really does. I love Animal Crossing. I just really don't like Zipper. He's scary. <laughs> 
You ever look into his eyes too long? Never. You lose yourself in there, Don't man. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> you can't. You can't do it. Now that brings us to our Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Ka-chow. And this week it's going to be brought to us by Manda. This week a rare thing happened. All of our dragons played the same game. Dun, dun, dun. Woo! Whoa. Over the weekend, we dove into It Takes Two by Hazel Light Studios, and let me tell you, it was amazing. This romantic co-op game was played by uh, three of our couples. We had Hassel and Jembeeb. We had uh, Joe and Brian and myself and Troy. Um, if you were able to tune into our Twitch channel, you got to see uh, the three different groups of us struggle with the game in different ways. Um, and I think everyone had an amazing time. So we thought uh, we'd all talk about it together. What do you guys think? I love the game. It was so good. And I don't want to spoil anything for anybody that hasn't necessarily started it yet. But the start to the game, like it's just like you're you're on this high. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm getting ready to play. It takes two, and then it's just like, bump. It's like somebody hit like a really, really low bass note, and you're like, what? It's like, I'm sorry, was this a Pixar movie? Exactly. I didn't understand that I was going to be sad in the first 20 seconds. It's a good sad, though. Yeah, it's definitely a sad that kind of makes you want to get going. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. This game is just, even with the sad, though, it's full of so much charm that you really kind of forget about it as you start playing the game. Even with the the, the banter going between the two couple, or the, the yeah. even with the banter going between the couple, like it's still like so whimsical and the gameplay is so snappy and so really yeah. well done. And then like the cutscenes bring you back down to like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that's what this game is. <laughs> yeah, and, and without giving giving away like the, the nugget, it, you are playing as a couple who are going through marital problems. So yes. playing as couples, I feel like we were bringing a very interesting perspective uh, to the game. It was almost kind of meta. Uh, there are definitely a few moments where the wife character looks over at the husband and says, like, oh, you're supposed to do this thing, but you didn't or you couldn't. And then in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of real. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that sounds like me. <laughs> How many of us took the trash out immediately that night? <laughs> I did all the dishes. <laughs> do, do you guys think that they will fix all of their marital problems by the end? Or do you think they're still going to get divorced? Um. I think the game could be very bold. There may be a decision that we make. If we look at their previous game, which was A Way Out, um, there were moments in that game where you as a team had to make decisions. And I would be, it would be a bold move if that was one of the decisions, whether you stay stay together or leave. And both those options have their positives and negatives to them. And there's not necessarily mm -hmm. a right or wrong answer there. Um, but I, I could see the game going yeah, there. Yeah, but I don't what, know. Do you, what do you think? Oh, that that is what I think. I think I think that's how it'll. Yeah, but it'll what go. do you think? Oh gosh, I don't know what you mean. Um, I think a lot of things. Um, do you think that they'll stay together? Oh, uh, I gotta go do the dishes. I gotta go do. I gotta take the trash out again. It's empty. I don't care. I'm just gonna take trash bags, and throw them in the trash. <laughs> now I do get where Troy's coming from. I do think that there is something like very whimsical about this game that almost makes it look like a fairy tale. And in a way, I think that it's almost kind of like leading towards that fairy tale moment in the end, right? Where everything is magically right. fixed. Mm. But through all the work that you did. But as someone who likes good writing and stuff like that, I would like to see the anti, you know, fairy tale where, hey, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. some things are are not fixable and you can still be okay with that. 
Or like we still yeah. love each other and we're still a family, even if we are divorced, right. would be an awesome message. That's as what well. I right. think. It's how it, that's what I think it's going to end. How I think it's going to end. Um, but what did you guys think of the, the puzzles and the gameplay and the such? Uh, Hazelight Studios, the makers of this game, they baffle me with how they're able to make co-op puzzling work, where mm-hmm. you really have to communicate. Um, you have to not just audibly but visually really have to figure things out together as a team, or else you just don't go forward. Yeah, you yeah. can't you can't play solo with someone trailing behind you. No, not at all. And yeah. and, and I like how the puzzles in this aren't like super complicated or anything like that. However, they are still like one of those things where you're just like, huh, huh. And then you have always have that, oh, like moments where it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. This is what I'm you, supposed to do. You understand how it works, but then the real trial is how do we pull it off? How can we coordinate yeah. like right. succinctly enough and, to get to make the goal happen? And when you complete the puzzle, you instantly get rewarded by either being able to fly through the air or like slide down a thing <laughs> or like go on a track. And it's like, oh, you take a minute and you're like, oh, has it? Oh, and then you go, wee. <laughs> and I, I, if I could describe this game in one word, it would be like, wee! Wee, wee is great. It's the perfect. Or also yeah. like, oh, oh, because you're shrunk down into these little doll forms. And you're pretty mm-hmm. much in yes. like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids meets Coraline world where the vacuum is like a boss level in this. So it, it's 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 definitely uh, ticking those uh, nostalgia boxes for me. Um, from when I was a kid and those movies were coming out. Yeah. Let's talk about the animation for a second. Like, the animation is oh, fantastic. Gosh. Yes, it's beautiful. it's beautiful. The art in this game is beautiful. Um, just from the very moment where you, you like, step into the game and then you look to the top left and you see that toolbox that's just kind of, like, spinning mm-hmm. and it's got a face on it and you're like, yes. what the hell is that? Just all the textures <laughs> yeah. are gorgeous and the level design is so smart. Every level you get to, you just, like... You're so immersed in that world and you just want to really spend some time looking at like all the little ants on the tree or the leaves or the bits of wood shavings. It's really, it's great. I feel like they did a really good job making inanimate objects have real uh, sustenance to them. Like they look, the eyes, the giving inanimate objects facial features is one Mm -hmm. thing, but giving them extremely expressive eyes they look so real and yet so animated all at the same time. And mm-hmm. it, it gives them personality. I, I think they did an amazing job with that. I get the Pixar vibe now, right? Like the inanimate mm-hmm. objects, like having lo- those emotions for an inanimate object where you're like, huh, I feel for that hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and I do love how every single section has its own mechanic to it. Yeah. And you don't, at least of right now, you don't carry it over to the next one. It's like, all right, not even what's the gimmick, but what's the, you know, what are we going to be doing in the next next section that's different from the previous one? And it still feels so natural. They very easily could have had this game just be two people figuring out puzzles just by on their own. Mm-hmm. But instead, they introduce the elements like one person gets a hammer, another person gets a nail. And then all of the just really special, interesting ways they can work that mechanic. And then once you're out of that, you lose the hammer and nail. And then there's two new things that you get. And then all those mechanics, you, you, it's like relearning a game over and over again. It's really smartly designed. I think smart is really the word I'm coming away from the design of this game. Do you guys remember the first co-op game you guys have ever played? Co-op game? Yes. Probably like Mario. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was Mario Brothers. Uh, for me, it was Contra. Ever or together? Oh, as a couple. Oh, as, as a couple. That's, that's, that's a good question, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It might have been Contra. <laughs> it might have been. We, we were going through Wait. our old uh, <laughs> NES um, our old NES library when we first started did, dating. Did, yeah. did you all know each other? Did you guys start dating when you were both like six? 
<laughs> no, but when yeah. we bought our very first TV, we decided that I always christened TVs with my top loader. I plug it into it and then play Jaws on it. And I thought uh-huh. Brian was making fun of me when he was like, oh, I, I really like Jaws. I'm like, okay, look, dude, don't make fun of me. This is <laughs> like, I really like this game. And yeah. he was like, no, no, I really like Jaws. That's a great game. And then he like played the game. And I was like, oh, you do like Jaws. Yeah, I think we, then we broke out. I think, I think we did break out Contra because oh, yeah. you were I, not very good at it. No, I've always been <laughs> terrible at Contra, but I really like That's the game. That's really yeah, cute. Mandy, what was our first... We, couple game that we, we play played. Did we play anything before Lara Croft? Um, the Temple I, of Osiris? I think, I think that was the first game. It was the kind of top-down Lara Croft adventure where you play as Lara Croft in like this being that was resurrected or something. It's like Anubis. Yeah, and uh, it was like a really lovely... Um, I remember... No, it was our first one. So I remember writing about it because I have like my entertainment journal and I even remember writing something like... like uh, corny like this game was really great you know i gave it four out of five stars even better when you're sharing it with somebody special (gasps) that's me that's me i i I liked it because lara croft would do backflips there you go (laughs) and then outside i was keeping it cool but inside i'm like somebody likes me and they like video games somebody (laughs) likes me and they like video games What what about USL? What was the first co op game that you and Jambi played? Um, I think I think in all honesty, it might have been Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Oh wow, that's nice. a good co op. Yeah, because because uh, yeah. you know we were a fairly new couple compared to you know the other couples that we're friends with and stuff like that. And we, I remember, I went out to get a Switch for Let's Go Pikachu, which was a mistake. For a second, <laughs> um, let's like, not Pikachu. Let's not. <laughs> yeah, but then I, I I picked up Animal Crossing because we were both fans of it, and you know her family's into it, like her parents were into it and stuff like that. And then we realized that if we actually used the same Switch to play as two different characters, we would have to share an island, and that caused me to go back to GameStop and be like, <laughs> "Hey, I'm gonna need another Switch and another <laughs> copy of Animal Crossing." <laughs> <laughs> I know this might be kind of controversial, but uh, bringing it back to It Takes Two, what did you all think of the book character? So, yeah, there is a book character who's tasked with trying to fix this this marriage. It's a, it's a self-help book that is now personified as this right. wonderful Latino gentleman. It's got, like, thick purple eyebrows and a mustache, and I, I liked him at first. I think I still like him. I'm not sure. What, what do you all think? Is it a possibility that he is the villain, like he's the final boss? <laughs> Big time. I, get, I could absolutely see that. Um, for myself, I thought initially he was a jerk. Like I thought it was like, man, just let them go. Let them, you know, just let, them, let them talk to their daughter. It's not you your know, business. Them, yeah, exactly. Get out of here. But then like as it kept on going along, I was like, oh, wait, they're not ready to talk to their daughter. Because he's trying to fix their marriage. You know, he's trying to help them along and make them uh, better people towards one another. So then I realized, oh, he is being a jerk, but he's there's a there's a purpose to their jerkness, if you will. <laughs> he's also very extra, and I'm a little in love yes. with how ridiculous he is. It's like uh, every time they're almost about to reach the goal, not only does he stop them, but he like stops them and then mocks them and then like salsa dances away. It's like <laughs> so, so much. It's so much. It is kind of great. <laughs> there is There is something to be said about the fact that the thing that's supposed to try to get you to work on your marriage traditionally has never wanted to talk about 
working on your relationship. Like that is not a thing that happens in Latino households. As a Latino man, like it's great to see myself represented in a book that dances away every time like something bad happens. <laughs> but <laughs> like there is almost kind of like this irony in having the book be kind of like represented as a Latino man who wants you to get in touch with your feelings and wants you to talk to your partner. When in reality, when you talk to Latino men, like they think that that is the worst thing that you can do is talk to your partner. <laughs> it's a good role model. I mean, maybe not entirely, but aspects of it. <laughs> At first, I don't think I, 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 you know what? I can't even say it. I love him. I really <laughs> like how stupid looking he is. And I really love how like goofy he dances. And yes, he shows up and he does some really not cool things. And he stops the, the flow of things quickly. And, you know, he makes things harder for you. But I, it, his little salsa dance away, oh. like it won me over. He starts to shimmy. And I'm like, yeah, you do that little book, man. I love you. Yeah, look at your little mustache. That's right. Dance your little booty book away. I love him. <laughs> and I love, how, I love how his limbs are bookmarks. Yeah. They're just stretched out bookmarks. Oh, that's what they are. I thought they were like a torn yeah. page, like torn four ways. He also has a really limbs. defined chin. He's got like a butt chin. He's got yeah. a butt very chin. funny. Super butt chin. It's very Yes. Funny. The character design, everything in this is amazingly well done. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't wait good. to see yeah. what the next level design is going to be. Each one has been very interesting, and I, I, I want to play. The story is great, as we, as we're saying, but uh, I'm looking forward to finishing mm-hmm. the game just to see how much imagination is yet to come. I'm excited. Agreed. Absolutely. I agree. All right, cool. Well, well, thank you, Amanda, for that for that topic. So that has been our mighty morsel tasty topic. Ka-cha. And now that brings us to our dragon of the week. It's the dragon of the week. Oh, it's so sweet. It's the dragon of the week, and it is neat. Dragon of the week. Dragon of the Week is the segment where we shine a little light, show a little love to the video game industry and all the people who make the games that we love to play. Bringing us our dragon this week is Troy. So we are currently in Deaf History Month. Uh, It runs from March 13th to April 15th. So I wanted to bring to the table an inspiring and disgustingly talented pro gamer, pro streamer, who is also profoundly deaf, named FaZe Ewok. Okay, fellow old people in the room, <clears throat> want you to sit down, hold on to your pogs, clutch your Tamagotchis, okay? Because <laughs> Phase Ewok was born uh, in 2005. Oh, oh what? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. This career uh. professional gamer is 15 years old. Ewok was born deaf, his whole family is deaf. And his father is a sign language professor and actually educates people on his popular YouTube channel called ASL That, which is a great name. So good. Yeah, it's so good that you actually did like a little finger wag as you did. My my, my neck kind of went back and forth. (laughs) ASL That. Uh, I checked out that channel. It's pretty awesome. Go take a look at it. It's on YouTube. Um, So growing up, there was definitely a lot of support from family who was deaf and the deaf community. When it came to video games, though, Ewok had a very discerning taste for video games. His first console was the Nintendo Wii, and he remembers telling his dad, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm not that into this. It's just not, <laughs> mm, I don't know about this, dad. 
so dad was like, all right, all right. You know, you know, some uh, some years went by, and and dad was like, all right, I got this new Xbox. It's the newest S- Xbox. Check it out. I think this was probably um, Xbox One. Here, check it out. Xbox One. Here you go. And uh, Ewok played it for a little bit and was still like, eh, I don't know about all this. I mean, there's a lot of green. There's like so much green on that system. It's just I don't know. I'm not I'm not feeling it. So some more time passed and the dad was like, you want to like just try my PC or something? I guess. I don't know. I don't I'm, I'm trying to find what you would like. Just try my PC. And boom, Ewok was introduced to Fortnite. And after playing Fortnite, Ewok's dad was like, damn, you're pretty good. Like, like you're pretty good. <laughs> At that time, Ewok was already a fan of a few Fortnite streamers. And was drawn to the positivity that Twitch can have. You know, everyone kind of rooting for you. And if you lose, they're like, oh, you know, next one. You know, Twitch can be a very positive place, I feel. Um, So he started his own Twitch account and streamed Fortnite nonstop. Well, not like nonstop. I mean, he still had school and like volleyball (laughs) practice because, you know, he was 12. He was 12 at this time. (laughs) Ewok was so freaking amazing at Fortnite. What, What he would do... He would turn on the accessibility options so that the audio elements of the game actually became visual in the game. So they actually have that feature so that if you can't hear, um, you can still see anything you would need to hear. And Ewok basically mastered that difference, mastered it. Just like all streamers, Ewok started with five people that would kind of tune in to watch and were like, oh, you know, this kid's pretty good. That's fine. That's fine. And it slowly built to 10. And they were like, oh, wow, this kid, this kid's amazing. But all right, you know, this is great. This is great. But in March of 2019, word of this 13-year-old deaf Fortnite savant made its way to none other than Tim the Tatman, who is like, I don't know, Brian, like one of the three most popular streamers. Like he's up there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's up there yeah yeah so he raided ewok's channel (laughs) yeah i I saw the clip of it uh they were just like hey this um this this uh streamer is is deaf and is 13 let's let's go show some love and and jump in there and all of tim's fans were emotionally moved by the teenage fortnite player and astonished at how lethal he was i can't overstate how brutal <laughs> this streamer is at Fortnite. It's amazing. <laughs> the next day, Kurt Benkert, an American football quarterback from the Atlanta Falcons, who's also a streamer, then visited Ewok's stream. Following that, Mizkiff, who's another popular streamer, came to support Ewok, and it just started going and going. That led to Ewok receiving hundreds of, of subscriptions. Within, the, like, three days, this Whoa. happened. Awesome. The Twitch staff and Epic Games, the makers of Fortnite, started catching on to, to this streamer and was like, we got to get in this, and actually joined the chat to be like, yo, Epic is here. <laughs> What's up? In short, Ewok rose to instant Twitch fame, Fortnite fans from all over the world flocked to see this teenager just wreck fools all day and all night in Fortnite. To put this in perspective, he started playing Fortnite on May 1st, 2018. As of March 2019, according to Fortnite Tracker, he ranked among the top 25 players in the world and top six in the U.S. alone. That's awesome. So that was March Three weeks later, Ewok is signed with an agency called Abrams Artisan Agency, already signed. Two weeks after that, Ewok became a partner with Twitch, which means that Ninja and a bunch of other like Fortnite streamers celebrated them. And the next day during a live stream, Ninja actually signed Hello 
to him in American Sign Language Aww. on stream. That's awesome. fantastic. A week and a half later, a popular internet news source for the deaf community called the Daily Moth interviewed him for the first time. And just like that, he was now becoming a spokesperson for the ASL community, which is amazing. Then two weeks later, Phase Apex posted a video to his 5 million subscribers on YouTube describing how impressed he was with a 13-year-old Ewok Fortnite skill. And this took notice uh, from Phase. Uh, Ewok's popularity and skill grew so fast that professional esport and entertainment group FaZe Clan reached out to recruit Ewok for their pro Fortnite team. Ewok and his parents said yes, and just like that, Ewok became FaZe Ewok and thus became a pro gamer at the age of 13. Wow. Ewok subsequently was part of that Twitch exodus uh, to, uh, to Mixer, you know, with Ninja and everyone and Shroud. But as we know, that didn't work out, so no harm, no foul. He returned to Twitch, but this time, Twitch uh, offered Ewok a shiny exclusive contract. That same year, Ewok was nominated for Content Creator of the Year for 2019 Game Awards, uh, which is pretty spectacular. And then most recently, in 2020, on National Coming Out Day, FaZe Ewok came out on his Twitter as a bi-trans male. He felt a lot of pressure all these years leading up to them being written up in many articles and magazines as the first female streamer this and the first female gamer that, that they decided it was time to, to do it for themselves. And I'm super inspired and at his absolute courage to come out and the world is all the better for it. FaZe Ewok has over 350,000 followers on Twitch and over 360,000 on Twitter. When not gaming, he loves hanging out in this place called outside i don't know i don't really know what what What's that, that is wait a second I'm not, wait a yeah, second yeah i i'm not sure i'll look is it that, up later is that like inside but out out there well you're hey you've gotten further than i have <laughs> as always um we're always just telling you a bit of how awesome these dragons of the week are so please go out and support them follow them learn more about their extraordinary talents um, they make this games industry as robust and wonderful as it is. So, hats off to FaZe Ewok, this episode's Dragon of the Week. Dragon of the Week. Awesome, Troy. Thank you so much for bringing that to us. I always heard about FaZe Ewok. I just didn't really know a lot about them. Mm -hmm. And so, now I do. And, and thanks so much for that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, totally gnarly. Very, very cool. Best name ever. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Well, unfortunately, though, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Boom, 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 boom. But you can always find us online. To continue the conversation, you can always follow us online. Check us out on Twitter for indie game updates, on Instagram for updates and silly images, on Discord for daily discussions, and on Twitch for live gaming and just chatting every day of the week. We are at Taste of Dragons everywhere, and we'd love to hear from you. And speaking of Twitch, we have a special comment of the week. We deem this our Gembeeb of the week, our Beeb of the week, because Gembeeb has the best comments. We can't just give her the award every single week. So instead, we name the category after her. So I have a, a Beeb of the week, <laughs> goes to Disco Frog, a, a standard, a classic. Uh, Disco Frog says, privacy cookie policy? You mean eating cookies in the shower? <laughs> in reference to the internet. The salad. Yes. Yes. And that was during Joe and Brian's It Takes Two stream. So thank you, Disco Frog, for making us laugh. All right. 
Well, as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. Amanda. I'm Hassel. And I'm Joe. And we are the, the Taste, Taste of, of Drag Dragons. Dragons. Have a great week, everyone. Anybody want to play Fortnite? No. I just oh, followed a crazy walk. I think I'm yeah. I'm so bad at that game. <laughs> Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast, the podcast for everyone's day.